Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Morning, and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next 30 minutes, I'm inviting you to listen up, stick with me, stay around. It'll be 30 minutes of motivation, inspiration, education, all done with no manipulation, no games, no gimmicks. This is not an infomercial. We're not trying to sell you something. We're not requesting anything. This show is about giving you something, accurate information. Yes, we want to give you some accurate information, information that may help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. That's right. It's about God. It's a Christian radio show, yes. But no ranting and no raving, you no know, preaching, just some clear, lucid information that if you'll listen, that you'll be able to verify and identify that plan. And if you would like to orient and adjust to the plan, you have the freedom, the privacy to do that. We all live in America, the land of the free. You have the right to say yes, and you have the right to say no. And uh, my prayer is that you will listen up, that this show will impact your life as it has so many people's lives. And you know, it's not about the speaker. I'm not a very good speaker. It's about the information. It's about the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and powerful, the Bible says, sharper than even a two-edged sword. And so when I teach the Word of God, it has an impact in the lives of those people that listen to this show, whether they are in Grass Valley, California, Tucson, Arizona, whether they may be in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Springfield, Missouri, Houston, Texas, they may be in Waco, Texas, Tyler, Texas, Jackson, Mississippi, all across the South and all across the West and all the way up to Maryland and Springfield, Missouri, this radio show is being heard. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your encouragement. I love hearing from you. And if you'd like to drop me a line anytime you can, you can go to our website, rickhughesministries.org, rickhughesministries.org. Or if you'd like to write to us, you can always write simply Post Office Box 100. That's easy enough, P.O. Box 100. And I'll spell the city for you. It's kind of a funny name. It's... Pronounced Cropwell, C-R-O-P-W-E-L-L, Cropwell, Alabama. And the zip code over here in Cropwell, Alabama is 35054, 35054. So if you address it to Rick Hughes, P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, we'll get it. And we appreciate all your encouraging words. We're not asking for money. Don't send money. That's not the issue. Just saying if there's something you'd like to say or ask or some uh, thoughts you'd like for us to cover, drop us a line. Always love to hear from you. Now, today, I want to introduce you to a subject that I'll be speaking on. I'll be going into Houston, Texas in the next few weeks and speaking on the process and I'd like to introduce you to that subject matter, the process. And to use as an illustration, maybe you remember, I don't know, maybe you might remember that I played some football for the University of Alabama. 
1964, I was a freshman football player at the University of Alabama. 235 pounds of twisted steel. That was me, University of Alabama. And we had a great football uh, coach named Bear Bryant. And we had some great players like one guy named Joe Namath who led the New York Jets to the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the freshmen that came in with me went on to win a Super Bowl, a young man named Ken Stabler. So those were pretty haughty days. The University of Alabama's always had, uh, since a particular person came, they've always had a significant impact on college football. Well, that is ever since the day that Bear Bryant, Paul Bear Bryant, heard Mama calling and left Texas A&M to return to Alabama. It's a very interesting article that I read to you, and it says this, the once proud Alabama football program had fallen on tough times. They had won only four games in three years. The decision was made to fire the current coach after suffering a 28-0 loss to TCU and a 40 to nothing blowout at the hands of Auburn University. The press conference was held in the Shamrock Hotel in Houston, Texas, and Paul Bear Bryant was announced as the new head coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Approximately one month earlier, Coach Bryant was in the same hotel meeting with officials about coming to Alabama, and a major item that concerned him was the feeling of his former coach and the new athletic director, Hank Crisp, after Coach Chris assured Bear Bryant that he wanted him to return and the AD's job was his, then the deal was sealed. Bryant called a meeting with his A&M players and simply said these words, Gentlemen, I've heard Mama calling, he told them, and I'm going home. The Alabama Crimson Tide football program was about to enjoy an era that might never be matched again in the history of college football. And that's Bear Bryant had a process. He had a process that was, it was tough. He was looking for lean, mean fighting machines. Even at Texas A&M, he took his players out to a place called Junction and put them through quite a process, trying to pare them out and weed them out. When he got to Alabama, one of the star players of the team was late coming to the first meeting, and the door was locked, and he knocked on the door and said, let me in. Coach Bryant told the assistant trainer, go tell him we don't need him. If he can't be on time, he can't play for me. And so the team learned that night that Bear Bryant meant business. And this is what he said to him. He said, I'm not worried about whether I'm going to win or lose. I know I'm going to win. I know that. Am I not worried about my assistant coaches? I know they're winners. I'm not worried about whether Alabama's going to win. The only thing I don't know is how many of you in this room are winners and how many of you will stick it out and be with us. You know, that's the same thing God would like to know. How many of you are winners? How many of you will stick it out and stay off the my way highway? Stick with the plan of God consistently day in and day out. One of my great friends and a previous pastor of a church used to talk about sheep that wandered in and wandered out, and he was referring to members of his congregation. 
They came when they got in trouble. They came when they needed something. And then when everything was good and things were going great, they didn't show up. But then when things went bad, here they would come with their tail between their legs, wanting God to give them some answers. Well, Bear Bryant had a process. If you didn't learn that process, you didn't play for Alabama. You may know, maybe you don't know, that currently Alabama has a coach named Nick Saban. They've won three national championships with Coach Saban. And Coach Saban also has a process. This is what he says. He says it's always about the process. I never focus on the results, but rather each play separately. The idea that I believe is if you can win the play, the results will take care of themselves. Don't look at the scoreboard and don't look at the external factors. Just concentrate on the play, and regardless of what happens, move on to the next play. The amazing thing about Coach Saban or any coach who wins consistently is they have to have a system like this. They have to have a process or a system that produces winners. I made those illustrations to explain to you that for every Christian, there is a process as well. I mean, we know our eternal destiny. We know we're going to heaven. We know our destiny is secured by means of our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Since we know that, we're already eternal winners. We already have eternal life. But now, while we're alive in time, now, ever how many years we have left, we have to focus on the process to be winners in time. Winners in time are those who glorify God to the maximum, those who understand the plan of God, the protocol plan of God. You see, a winning team is built one day at a time, one person at a time. And that's always the job of the pastor, to build a winning team in a local church. One person at a time, teach the Word of God, watch them grow up, teach the Word of God, watch them become mature believers, watch their spiritual gift function within the local church. It is the logistical grace of God, logistics, beans and bullets, logistics. It's the logistic grace of God that provides every day for us to learn and to execute the process. The process is called the protocol plan of God. Learning the protocol plan of God. Without understanding that, without learning that, you'll never go through the process. And even though you will be an eternal winner and have eternal life in heaven, you will not be a winner in time. And you will never hear Jesus Christ your Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you made the rules up yourself. You never learned the protocol plan of God. Listen to Psalm 34. Listen carefully. Verses 11 through 14. Come, my children, and listen to me. I will teach you respect for the Lord. Who is the person who desires life and loves length of days? Do you want to live to be an old person? You want to be healthy and live a long time? This verse says, who is the person who desires life 
and loves length of days that he may see the good. That's the plan of God. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good and pursue it. That is, pursue the plan of God. When the Bible talks about length of days, it equals your playing time, your game time. Come on, I mean, nobody wants to sit on the bench and watch other people's do the job that you were designed to do. My wife has been a basketball coach for years. Our girls played basketball. We no, no daughter of mine wanted to sit on the bench while somebody else played in the game. I never wanted to sit on the bench while another football player got in the game in front of me. Length of days. I want to be in the game. I want to play. But I had to learn the process. I mean, just because you're big, just because you're strong, just because you're fast, just because you can shoot the ball good, just because whatever, that doesn't mean you can be a starter. No, you have to learn the process. You know, you can lose time. You can lose time through divine discipline. Discipline that is administered to a Christian out of fellowship with God. Anytime you are under divine discipline, that's a day you lost. A day you were not able to glorify God. A day you spent on the my way highway. How do you get under divine discipline? What is divine discipline? Well, discipline comes in three stages. This is all found in Hebrews 12, verses 6 and following. Those whom the Lord loves, he chastens. That's warning discipline. When you're out of fellowship with God by having unconfessed sin in your life, he will warn you. Remember, problem-solving device number one is the rebound technique. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, then God is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all of our wrongdoing. When we sin, it can be in one of three ways. Mental attitude sins, sins of the tongue, or even overt sins. Something you think, something you say, or something you do. When you sin, your old sin nature that part of you that you got from Adam, it takes control. However, the Bible tells you you are to be filled with the Spirit. That part of you you got from God when you were born again, when God the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. And you're not to walk in the old man, the flesh, the carnal man, the Bible calls him. You're to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians, if you'll walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible also tells us that the flesh wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit wars against the flesh, and they're contrary one to another. Yes, there's a battle going on. When you use your volition, part of your soul, when you make a decision that you will step outside of the plan of God, and you will do something that you obviously know is wrong, you've sinned. You've sinned. Now the question is, will you rebound the sin? That means, will you 
Remember that old thing about fire, stop, drop, and roll? Well, will you stop and confess this sin? I mean, you can do it while you're driving your car. You don't have to bow your head. You can simply say, Father, I just blew it. I got mad at that idiot, the guy that just cut me off, and I lost my temper. I made a fool out of myself running up there behind him and blowing the horn at him, and I was so angry. Yeah, you're right. That's a sin. So when you admit the sin to God, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you. That means God puts you back in fellowship, and the Holy Spirit is able to control your life once again. See, God planned for you to be under control of the Holy Spirit 24 hours a day, but that's not possible because you have a sin-infected human nature. And so you're going to sin, and God made a provision for your sin. You know, 1 John 1 says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You will sin. So when you sin, the process requires you confess the sin. And then you can get out from underneath the discipline. But if you ignore the sin and don't name the sin to God, it's like a child who's disobedient to the parent and the parent knows it. And the parent says, did you do this? And you say, as a child, no, not me. I didn't do it. No, no, no. Well, that's warning discipline. And then there's intense discipline. This is where God has to lower the hammer, take you to the woodshed, give you a little bit of a paddling, an attitude adjustment. This is to get you to rebound. This is to get you to admit your sin. And if that doesn't work, well, then there's always the third stage, and you don't want to go there. That's the dying stage. And that's where God sometimes takes people home. Yes, they're saved. Yes, they're going to heaven. But they have been out of fellowship so long, they've been through the warning discipline, and it didn't work. They've been through the intense discipline, and it didn't work. They were stubborn, arrogant, and disrespectful. And God said, all right, I'm taking you home. And you can read about it in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You can see a man in a church that went to be with the Lord because of something that he had done. And this is happening so many times. And you can see it in Proverbs 15:30. He that hates the reproof of God shall die. It's just that simple. So if you are under divine discipline, you are losing time. You've lost a day. Listen to Psalm 102, verse 3. My days vanish like smoke, and my bones burn like glowing embers. That's the psalmist under discipline. Psalm 102, 18. Let this be written for generations to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Then Psalm 102, 23. In the course of my life, he broke my strength. He cut short my days. <clears throat> That's the sin and the death. I pray, oh, my God, do not take away. Do not take me away in half of my days. Again, God has a lot of days for you to live. And you can shorten the days by staying out of fellowship. I would advise you as a Christian to look inward at your life. If you're experiencing 
ill health, if you're experiencing difficulty, look in and see if there's sin that you haven't dealt with. Is there unconfessed sin in your life? Has God been dealing with you for many years over a certain issue? There's time for you to recover. There's time for you to admit your sin to God, and he will be faithful and just to forgive you. But he will not tolerate, not from me, nor you, nor anyone else, our disrespect and our disobedience. In Psalm 89, verse 45, you have cut short the days of his youth. You have covered him with a mantle of shame. Again, discipline. In Psalm 90, verse 9, all of our days pass under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. You see, if you lose too many days, then God cuts them all off. And that's it for you. You go home way too early because of your disrespect and your disobedience and your failure to yield to the discipline of God. You go home. In Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your mind keep my commandments. For what reason? For the length of days and the years of life and the prosperity they will add to it. You want to live a long life? Want to have a prosperous life? Learn the process. Learn the protocol plan of God. Live the way God intended for you to live. Without learning the process, you will never glorify God in time. You will always be out of fellowship. You will always be submitting yourself to the power of your sin nature. You will not rebound. You will not grow in grace. You will be a wreck. And you may put on a good show when you go to church and act like you're such a holy Christian. But God can see right past that facade for sure. The day-by-day life of the believer only has meaning when it's related to the Word of God. Proverbs 3.13 says, How happy is the person who finds doctrine. That's the Word of God. How happy is the person who gains understanding. For wisdom is better profit than silver, and wisdom is a better gain than gold. Wisdom is more precious than precious stones, and nothing you desire compares with the wisdom of God. Length of days is in her, in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are prosperity. Her ways is a reference to the wisdom of God, or the process, or the protocol plan of God. You want to live a long life? You want to have a prosperous life? Then get some wisdom and understand. Listen, there's a verse in Jeremiah where God said he's looking for people that not only know him, but people that understand him. I, am like, I would like to submit a thought to you. It's possible that you know God, but you don't understand the God you know. That's why we do these radio shows, to hopefully open your eyes to see how critical it is that you understand the process 
and you learn the protocol plan of God. The protocol plan of God is the process by which you grow to be a winner in time, one day at a time. In Psalm 25, verse 5, guide me with your word and train me because you are the God of my deliverance. In Jeremiah 9, 23, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom and let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands me and he knows me, and that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, because it's in these things that I delight, saith the Lord. In Ezekiel thirty-three thirty-one, we have typical church today, This is what Ezekiel wrote. So they come to you as people do, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but with their hearts they pursue their own gain. We must learn the process. Why? Because we have flaws. Every one of us have different flaws. Our flaws can be inherent or they can be acquired. You know, like if a parent is an alcoholic, then maybe you would have a tendency to be an alcoholic, so you stay away from the booze. An acquired flaw may be a drug addiction, something you submitted yourself to. But we have flaws, and they're related to the sin nature. Thus, we must learn the system that God has put into place so we can override the flaws or at least recover quickly when we sin and when we fail. There's so much about this I want to teach you. You see, regardless of your pedigree, regardless of your talent, you cannot go it alone in the devil's world. There's only one way you're ever going to glorify God, and that's learning to process going through the protocol plan of God, learning his system, learning what it takes to glorify him to the maximum. And it starts with one single decision. What think ye of Christ? That's where it all starts. When you and I make the most significant decision any man could make anytime, anywhere, any day, we believe in Jesus Christ. When we believe in Christ, we receive him as our Savior. And when we receive him as our Savior, we are born again. We began a fantastic journey, a journey that eventually takes us to eternity with God. And through that journey, there's a process, the process that we must all go through, the plan that we must all learn, the protocol plan of God. So I hope by listening... I hope by paying attention that you're growing and learning and you will follow the process in your life. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to write. And until then, we'll come back next Sunday, same time, same place, and carry this study a little bit further. So this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flotline.
Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.